How's it going? This is Scott Fish. I co-host a podcast called the Commission Impossible Podcast with Ryan McDowell. We don't exactly go over player values or dynasty trades or potential or rankings or mock drafts, and we usually don't even have guests. We just like to talk about commissioner stuff, so that's what you get. You can learn about lots of different scoring systems, uh, interesting rules, settings, how to set up your playoffs, how to determine draft order, how to determine rookie auction values, things like that. Stuff that commissioners might be interested in, like rivalries or rolling bank rolls or salary caps. We also answer commissioner questions. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, check us out. It's a pretty good listen. You're listening to the Dynasty League Football Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome back to another episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. You are listening to episode number 294. I'm your host, Matt Price. I also have Dan Myler and Ryan McDowell with me this evening. Fellas, how's the off-season treating you? It's good. It's good. Trying to relax a little, just getting geared up for some of the big events coming up. The countdown is on for the combine and free agency. And, and we're starting to see some news trickle in. So that's, that's fun to see. Yeah. Ryan, I, I'm slowly trying to put my commissioner hat back on, you know, yes. try to get the, get the league started and getting notes out to all the, all the owners. I think that's the, what you meant by, uh, taking a break after the season and stuff. Uh, I noticed you were sending out emails earlier this week as well. So I, it, it just, it seems this time of year, that's the hardest thing. But then when news slowly starts to trickle in, it gets you fired up. And that's what I spent some time doing earlier today. Well, you guys are slacking because I'm already drafting. We got Capitalist Pigs 3 rolling. We've been on like <laughs> day four of the auction, startup auction. Scott, uh, surprise. The, the, the theme of that league is it's a pressure cooker. So literally like one day after he he said, okay, we're drafting tomorrow. But is basically how it was. All of us thought we were drafting in like a few weeks maybe. And then all of a sudden we, we started drafting, I think, on Friday. So it's been four days of that auction. I still don't own a player. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, but yeah, you guys are right. Uh, the commissioner stuff's rolling. I got two out of my three leagues rolling now. I'm slacking a little bit on the third one, but uh, it'll it'll happen soon. But speaking of leagues, we uh, we do have this listener league thing rolling. We have another uh, participant to announce, Matt Phillips, at mphillips30458. You are in the league, buddy. So reach out to, uh, to Ryan McDowell or Dan Myler or myself, and, and we will get you set up once we get that league rolling. So that leaves us with... I think six spots left in this league, guys. So if you want to get in, let let us know. Uh, we would like you to be active on the forum. We'd like you to be active on Twitter. And we're also not even really announcing this on Twitter. So the only way to get in is is to listen to the the podcast here. So if you're a listener and want to be in the league, come come get a spot. Uh, we're going to start off with some news, actually. This is not the theme of the episode, but we got some big news just before we started recording here. Jarvis Landry was franchise tagged by the Miami Dolphins. Dan, uh, does this put a, a stake in the heart of Devontae Parker? I, I don't know if it's a stake in the heart. I, I think Devontae Parker's play 
over his short career so far is the stake in the heart uh, <laughs> to, to his dynasty value. It's the, you know, all of us that are hanging on to that upside and that potential that he showed coming out of college. Uh, we're really looking forward to the opportunity for him to be the guy uh, somewhere and most likely in Miami. And it just doesn't look like that's going to be the case. So it, it certainly throws a little bit of cold water on what us Parker truthers are holding on to at this point, but uh, ride till we die. We'll hold on. Come on, Devante. <laughs> Don't make me look bad again. <laughs> you pick. You picked a bad ride or die. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no comment. <laughs> no, but I, I think this has to be good for for Landry. You know, I, I was kind of excited to see him go somewhere else and maybe get used in a different way. But in terms of his PPR value, Ryan, this has to be one of the best landing spots for him. Yeah, I was actually starting to get a little worried. Several people that that I trust as far as their eye for the game, I read and heard some good arguments that there weren't many landing spots that could be more productive for Landry than uh, than Miami has been. As a Landry owner and and a Landry fan, I was I was getting a little nervous. So this is good news for me. I'm yeah, not really a Landry owner. I've never been been a big fan of Landry myself, but. I I felt the same way that Miami was the best place for him to be, and I heard all the all the talk and all the uh, wannabe potential landing spots, and maybe going to California and playing with Garoppolo and the 49ers and and that he could be that underneath target for for them. But I, you know, we know what he can do in Miami, so I, I think Landry owners everywhere are probably smiling with this news. Yeah, definitely. And I think probably Ryan Tannehill is smiling quite a bit also because he knows he's got that security blanket still in town, at at least for the moment. Um, But let's get into the meat of this episode. We are going to talk about quarterback landing spots this week. We're going to we going to talk about the rookies a little bit, but uh, I promise you guys we will get to the rookies. We have the scouting combine coming up next Tuesday, actually. So we're going to get more of a complete picture of these guys before we dive in. And I guess I guess before we do get into the, these quarterback landing spots, guys, do you have anyone in particular that you're excited to see at the combine next week and, and see what they can do athletically? You know, we were talking before the show just a little bit before we started this thing about about a few running backs. And lately I've been going through these tailbacks and and checking out some of the guys I haven't had a lot of opportunities to see. And the guy that I watched actually this afternoon was Rock Thomas from Jacksonville State. And I I was really impressed with him. I, I think he has some big upside and I wasn't really even all that aware of him before I was on Twitter and found his name and decided I was going to check him out. So I'm really interested to see if what we saw on film against a lot of lower competition, even if that's going to translate to the NFL stage at the combine, if he'll run uh, and put up a good number there and if he'll show the explosion that he showed on film uh, watching him at Jacksonville state. So, you know, there's a whole lot of guys, everybody's going to be talking about the Cortland Sutton's and Calvin Ridley's and, you know, all the big names. Uh, but, and we're all, all excited for that. But if there was a lower end guy or a guy that uh, maybe isn't at the top of the list for most it's probably rock Thomas. And I probably said that without even knowing it is he, he's going to be at the combine, right? <laughs> I don't actually know. I assume so, but yeah, I think he got an invite. Okay, good. <laughs> How about you, Ryan? Anybody you're excited just to to get some eyes on? 
Yeah, I'm just just always excited to see those players that I, I guess are viewed as the most athletic, just the ones who could could potentially put on a show. So Christian Kirk, I want to see Lamar Jackson. Uh, I want to see how fast he runs. He could, you know, he could really tear it up, of course. And really some of the guys like Rock Thomas, who are maybe not as well known that we can just learn more about through that combine week. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see John Kelly perform. I think my biggest question, really my only question for him right now is his long speed ability. So if he comes in at like a sub four or five somehow, then, then, you know, I, I think he has, has real potential to be, you know, kind of a mid first round rookie pick. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see him, but yeah, Lamar Jackson, <laughs> depending on how he runs I and mean, he could, he could, he could break that position in the NFL. So I'm, I'm really excited to see him, but you mentioned him. So let's get into the quarterback landing spots. Let's, let's actually start off with the rookie since we're there. We have we have five guys here that that could potentially be first round picks and maybe even get a starting gig uh, in in their first season here. Josh Rosen is most people's number one there at the top with with Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, and Lamar Jackson. My favorite one out of these ones, guys, is, is Baker Mayfield. That's I don't know how popular of opinion that's going to be, but mostly because of his height. But I just love the way that guy plays. His accuracy is off the charts. I feel like he can make every throw, um, and he's just so much fun to watch. So uh, I, I'm really excited to see how, how he does there as well. How about you, Ryan? Who's your favorite quarterback here out of this group? I'm probably a little biased, but uh, Lamar Jackson's my favorite. I'm uh, just being from from down the road from Louisville and getting to watch him play throughout his career there, you know, he's, he's a guy that I'm, I'm going to be cheering for, for sure. And um, like you said, if, if things fall right, he could really change the entire position uh, for the NFL. And I just think it's an interesting group all around those, those top five, because you've got the two who are viewed as kind of your traditional quarterbacks, pocket passers, Rosen and Darnold. Most people expect those guys to go very early in the draft, maybe even top two. And then, both I think both Mayfield and Lamar Jackson are a little bit uh, a little bit of wild cards. They've they've got their questions, whether it's height or accuracy or, or you know, it's, some are still even questioning if Jackson should be a quarterback in the league. Uh, Ridiculous. Right. I agree. But <laughs> but both of those, I think, have more appeal maybe to fantasy players than they do strictly in the NFL draft. So really to me that balances those four out and it seems like everybody is in agreement that that we just don't like Josh Allen at all yet he <laughs> still he still continues to show up in in the top 5 and top 10 of mock drafts so it's only going to take one team to fall in love with that big arm and and big frame and he's going to be a, a high draft pick i just don't know if fantasy owners will care much about allen yeah, he showed what was it was it the tweet that went out today of, of showing him like throwing the ball from his knees from the fifty and hitting the goalpost or something. Yeah. You know, that kind yeah. of thing is just gonna stick in, in in draft Twitter's mind. And uh but yeah, he's got that big arm, but I don't really see a ton else that I like. Lamar Jackson, he's also a good guy too. Like I I read something he 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 wrote raised uh, like twenty five thousand dollars just signing autographs and donated all the money to to children's charity. So uh we, we definitely can get behind that guy. Dan, uh, how about you? Who are you liking out of this this quarterback group? I'd probably echo a lot of the same sentiments that you guys said. I I have been one of the guys, though, if I can kind of peel off of the Lamar Jackson love and the Baker Mayfield love that seems to be <laughs> everywhere, and then the, those top two guys as well. I like what I see out of Josh Allen. I know, I know a lot of people are down on him, like Ryan suggested there, but that 
that size and that big arm is easy to fall for. And, and I've, I've heard the comparison, the Carson Wentz stuff, and it's not all that for me. I, I like a guy that can sling it uh, between two defenders with confidence and accuracy. And I, I know there's some that question, question that accuracy out there. Man, he's got an NFL arm, and he can throw everything out there, it seems like to me. So when I put on the film of him – I just enjoy watching the ball come out of his hands, and those are the guys that I like to root for. Um, so I'm really interested to see how high he goes and to see how his maturity and how his how he acts around being being the the big guy on campus or a high draft pick or face of the franchise. What we've seen out of Jameis Winston over the last few years and his ups and downs and the turnovers and all the things they remind me of each other a little bit. And I, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, to be honest with you. But Alan, there's enough there that keeps me intrigued for sure. The thing that worries me about Alan is I, I just, he, he sees pressure when it's not there. And that always worries me. And I know they're not the same player, but I don't know if you remember, guys remember when Blaine Gabbert came out, like he just, like as soon as there was a pass rusher anywhere within like five feet of him, he just freaked out and, and kind of went fetal. And, and Alan doesn't do that necessarily, but I just think he, he, he leaves that pocket way too quick. And, and that's going to be something that I think is going to drive uh, NFL coaches mad. So I, I think he couldn't develop into something. Like you said, he has that giant arm, but I don't know. I think he's number five for me out of this group. Ryan, any thoughts on other thoughts on Allen? Yeah, I'm just, you know, I am worried about that completion percentage. I hate to, I hate to hone in on one thing with, with any of these players, but it's really bad. People want to talk about Jackson's accuracy and, and his completion percentage and, and Allen's is, is even lower than Lamar Jackson. So maybe we can point to the type of receivers he was uh he was throwing to obviously not not going to be the same as Mayfield or Rosen or or Jackson or Darnold uh at the larger programs so maybe that ends up being kind of the reason for that low percentage but right now i think that's that's a major red flag for me i mean all that being said when you look at the where these guys are coming off the board and in a typical one quarterback league i think the earliest we're going to see them is uh, is late second. We've got our new startup ADP on DLF. Josh Allen is is the fifth guy drafted. He's quarterback twenty seven. He's actually going ahead. Uh, just just for reference, he's going ahead of Andy Dalton, Blake Bortles, Tyrod Taylor, Ryan Tannehill, guys like that. But he is the fifth of this group with Rosen being the first. But they're all kind of sandwiched in there together from quarterback eighteen to quarterback twenty seven. Man, Tyrod Taylor can't can't catch a break anywhere. Not even not even in, in <laughs> Dynasty ADP. <laughs> uh, all right, so we so we do have these five guys who are all potential starters. You know, I don't think all of them are going to be starting uh, necessarily at some point in in year one, but I would I would guess that at least two or three of them are. Uh, but we do have a decent free agent class. Also, I think we can probably go ahead and knock Drew Brees out unless you guys think otherwise. He's, I mean, it just seems like probably a guarantee that he's going back to the Saints at this point. But obviously the crown jewel is Kirk Cousins. He's got lots of suitors right now. I think the odds are, uh, the odds makers are saying, saying that he's going to go to the Jets. It seems like they can pay him the most money. So if that's what he wants, if he wants a paycheck, then, then that's probably where he's going to go. I, I personally would love to see him in Denver. Um, you guys have any thoughts on these first two here? 
Well, if I, I could comment on Breeze, obviously he's going to land in New Orleans or, or should or, or all the everything points to him going back to New Orleans. And why would he go anywhere else? I, I think the dynasty community in general sees sees Breeze as that aging superstar. Uh, his fantasy production dipped quite a bit. I, I own him all over the place. And because they came a pri- primary, primarily a running team and uh, short passing game was a big part of their passing attack, those numbers weren't as strong. I, I'm not scared off at all on that. I, I still feel like he has the potential to carry you for weeks. When I saw Breeze's name and I, and I heard that you're just gonna, you're going to kind of breeze by him, uh, no pun intended, <laughs> See what did there. Uh, I, I just wanted to say that of this group, he is obviously the best quarterback easily and he shouldn't be ignored for, for dynasty owners in in startups and stuff. He is a bargain where he's going. I don't know what the ADP says, Ryan, but he's easily a guy that can put up top five numbers in a season and and have those types of games that will win you the week. So um, I don't think anybody should be overlooking Drew Brees in, in any rankings, whether dynasty or redraft or anything else. And uh, we shouldn't just just pass over his name as well when we talk about these free agent quarterbacks because he's the prize of, of all of them. I think he's getting passed over, though, because it is it is the assumption that he's going back to New Orleans. Uh, I actually put this out earlier on Twitter today, just asking for some predictions uh, with the intention of sharing these on the show. And I know I got 35 responses because all 35 people said, that Breeze would return to New Orleans. So nobody nobody uh, sees him really going anywhere else. And I know uh, I've heard Evan Silva mention this, and, and I thought he made a g- great point. Breeze isn't even marketing himself. He's not – He's not trying to put them put himself out there. He's not trying to start any rumors. Or and why, call- why would he really? He's the face of that franchise and, and all the things that New Orleans went through. He was there for all that. That city loves him. He's part of the part of everything that goes on with New Orleans. So uh, and and even more than that, maybe the football team is good. He he does have a chance to win a cha- another championship with New Orleans. So there's really no point for him to move on. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with with Dan and with with the respond respondents on Twitter, he's not going anywhere. I also agree with Dan. I think he's a great buy low. His dynasty ADP is 152 outside of the oh. top 150. He's quarterback 17. Uh, he's between Derek Carr and Josh Rosen. So that's insane. Um, I'm actually um, kind of working with with a guy, a friend, who's doing a startup super flex league. And I don't know exactly how many quarterbacks are off the board, but Breeze, Breeze name just sits there and, and people keep passing him over and passing him over. There's got to be at least 20 quarterbacks off the board and he, he's still available. So, And how uh, great is it to pair him, whether it's single quarterback or super flex, to pair him with one of these young guys that we were just talking about and get the production of Breeze through the last year or two or three of his career, whatever it is, right. and have that guy waiting in the wings. It, it seems like the ideal weight arm quarterback and get a superstar and and hope you get the next superstar along with them. I did it a couple of years ago. I bought Wentz in a few places along with Breeze, and he wasn't this cheap, but he was still <laughs> cheap, and he's had two really productive years, and now I'm, I, I get to luckily sit there with Breeze and Wentz together. I think you also ask about Cousins. 
He's a tough one to figure out for me. Uh, it, it seems like kind of the flavor flavor of the week for him. Like a couple weeks ago, everybody just knew he was going to Denver. That seemed to be the ideal landing spot. You know, people talked about how Elway needed to fix the the quarterback situation there, and and that just made sense. And, and then the next week it was Minnesota. And now this week, it's, as you mentioned, Matt, it's the Jets. The folks that responded to my question also think it's the Jets. 19 people out of out of that group uh, said he's going to the Jets. We saw uh, earlier this week that they could pay him up to $60 million in the first year. I think that was, that was the report. I mean, that's not the ideal spot for him. Minnesota has to be. Uh, Denver would be probably a good second option but I just don't know how you pass up 60 million. Yeah. I mean, and, and after he's been paid, what, like 50 million guaranteed for being tagged the last two years. So uh, yeah, he's, he's rolling in it. Um, is there, Ryan, is there any of these places that where he could go to that, that would increase his, his dynasty value? I kind of felt like Washington was maybe the best spot for, for that situation, but obviously that's not happening now with Alex Smith there. Do any of these things, I mean, I guess, I guess if we're just saying Minnesota is the ideal landing spot, do you think his va- value goes up from where it is now? Uh, I don't think it necessarily goes up in, in Minnesota. I, I would say that's an ideal spot for him because they're, they're a quarterback away from a Super Bowl, you know, most likely, um, or, or at least being a, a top contender. I don't know that his fantasy numbers or, or his stats would go up there. I, I would think that he would probably have uh, fewer passing opportunities there with between Cook and and a stronger defense. And that coaching staff, how they like to run that offense. Right. Sure. I, actually, I could see the Jets kind of being at least early in in his time there, if he were to go to the Jets, I could see that being a similar spot to what we've seen the past couple of years. Their wide receiver group is is questionable at best. They have really no running game, which is, is what he's dealt with the past two years in Washington. Uh, they're they're going to be playing from behind. So the Jets and, and uh, what we've seen in Washington the past two years could be a very similar production-wise for Cousins. Yeah, that's fair. I, I guess I just wonder. I, I think I think you're right that he probably would get less pass opportunities. But I thought maybe with the better weapons and, and Diggs and, and Thielen, you know, it might give him a maybe make him more efficient. I don't I don't know. But I think you're right there. And then Denver, you know, he's got two decent receivers there as well. And and don't forget about Carlos Hyde. He's going to be back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sorry, not Carlos Hyde. Carlos Henderson. I think his value would probably drop if he goes to the Jets. Uh, that's most people are just not going to view that as a good situation. And I think his his dynasty value would probably go up in Minnesota for just the opposite reasons. People would would look at at their wide receivers there with Diggs and uh, and Thielen and uh, and of course Treadwell, obviously, and <laughs> and uh, and view that as as a good landing spot. So no matter what his 2018 numbers look like, I think Minnesota is the the best chance for him to gain some dynasty value. Yeah, so maybe maybe he's a sell candidate then at that point. Uh, maybe in Superflex League. I don't know what you're going to get for him in a single quarterback league. But, Dan, let's go back to Minnesota since we're talking about that. They have three free agent quarterbacks there, Case Keenan, Teddy Bridgewater, and Sam Bradford. Uh, do you think any of these guys are, are coming back? Well, I think it behooves the Vikings to try to bring back at least one of them. Um, they've been in the system and they understand it. I, you know, I just – I, I scratch my head as to which quarterback they should want or which one Rick Spielman wants the most. And, you know, it's 
it's kind of a mess if you ask me. I think ideally they wanted Teddy Bridgewater to play a little bit last year and show that he he's got it or still got it or whatever he had he still had. I don't even know if he ever really showed anything to to show that that he's a elite level quarterback or even a quality quarterback. Keenum was great. He proved I think that he's a top 32 quarterback in the NFL. Um, played with a good defense and a running game and had weapons around him. Does that change if he goes somewhere else? I don't know. And it seems to me that most likely Sam Bradford is the odd man out and he's going to have to prove it somewhere. Uh, And I, I kind of doubt that'll be Minnesota. So if I had to handicap it myself, it seems like Keenum and Bridgewater are the two most likely to come back. Um, But it probably depends on, on who signs first or, or who gets the, drop in the bucket first, who the Vikings want the most. And I, I couldn't even guess as to what Spielman thinks and, and who he thinks should be uh, the starting quarterback for the Vikings a year from now. Yeah, it kind of feels like Bradford is definitely out. And it feels like the they love Teddy Bridgewater, but they're not sure and they don't want to pay Case Keenum. So they're kind of, you know, warts but on But even Bridgewater and, and Keenum too, they're both going to bring nice contracts. Uh, you think whether Bridgewater's going to get Vikings paid or the open market. Well, he's, I think he's at least going to get one of those. Uh, well, we need a starting quarterback and we have this guy, but we could put Bridgewater with them. And between the two, they get paid starter number one money uh, and we'll see what happens. And that's enough to make the Vikings have to pay, I think. Yeah, that, that's a fair point. And, and Bridgewater was really good the back half of that 2015 season, I believe. He was one of the most efficient quarterbacks in, in, over that, that back half of that season. So I think he's shown something, but we just haven't seen him in so long that we don't know. Uh, and then Bradford, you know, he might be – he's probably the best of these three quarterbacks, but we have no idea what's going on with that knee. So uh, just just a big mess there for Minnesota. If they can get Cousins, I think it's probably a moot point, though. Ryan, I'll throw A.J. McCarron to you. He's a free agent now, so – uh, he's had, there's been multiple reports now that he's been seeing wearing wearing Browns hats at, at the Senior Bowl and and, and around town. So uh, does, does, that just seems like the the Browns move that they will bring in AJ McCarron to be their starter and then not 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 draft their quarterback this season. It's really hard to see McCarron going anywhere else. That's that's clearly going to be the team <laughs> that wants him the most after what we saw during the season with with that failed trade. So you have to think he's going to land there. The the folks that responded to me on Twitter, that was their favorite landing spot for him by far. Uh, they they think he's going to Cleveland. I don't favorite? know. Favorite? Really? <laughs> Can it be a favorite <laughs> well, for anybody? <laughs> that was their choice. That was hey, most, yeah, okay. most popular choice, maybe. Even if they, but even if they draft McCarron, I think they they still have to use that first pick on on a quarterback or, or use one of those first round picks on a quarterback. I, I can't imagine even if they sign McCarron that they, they ignore this, this quarterback crop. Um, there's not going to be another quarterback rookie quarterback group this, this deep. Uh, well, I don't know in, in who knows how long, but uh, as, as much as people want to knock Mayfield and Jackson and, and even Rosen and, and all these guys, just the depth of the class makes it pretty special in my opinion. Definitely. Um, I'm excited about this class. I, I really hope that they either trade out of, of one and get a, just get a haul and then and then can take, you know, the best of who's left at, at four, whether it's Mayfield or or Jackson or Darnold or whoever. So 
Um, that's what I would like to see. Dan, uh, we also have Josh McCown. Old man Josh McCown is also a free agent. I can't necessarily imagine he, he's starting at least, at least somebody's first choice as a starter next season, but he could certainly be a backup somewhere and, and provide some kind of, you know, whether it's a bridge quarterback or just kind of some kind of coaching or, or, or kind of like a safety valve in case one of these rookies gets a start and, and uh, doesn't show up. Uh, any hope there for him in super flex leagues maybe? Well, that, that's what I thought, that maybe one of these teams that, that picked this rookie, these teams that are in instant need of a starter pick McCown, and they do the quote-unquote battle in the preseason, and McCown is that kind of coach next next to the rookie as the season begins. Uh, it, it kind of stinks. McCown, I guess you can't feel too bad for him. He got that big contract a year ago and uh, and, and got paid and was able to play. But uh, to to hit free agency the year that Breeze is a you know I guess he's a free agent, and then Cousins and all the all those Vikings, and then this big class of rookies, McCown has to be sitting there thinking, oh yeah, it's going to be tough to get that starting job anywhere. I'm, I'm probably going to take a back seat at some point. <laughs> McCown hits free agency every year though, right? Yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes it works out better than than others, but uh, I mean, he can still play. So we'll see with them. But let's talk about some landing spots. I I broke down the 32 teams into four categories here. Set it starter with potential backup opportunity only set it starter, but are going to need one in the near future. Shaky starter with a potential starting opportunity and instant starter opportunity. So we'll start at the top and clear these ones out. Let me know if you guys disagree with any of these uh, as being set at their starter position. Uh, the Raiders, the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Titans, the Colts, the Texans, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Rams, the Seahawks, the 49ers, the Lions, the Packers, the Bears, the Panthers, the Falcons, and the Bucks all seem pretty set. I guess you could make an argument about the Colts depending on what Andrew Luck's shoulder is. Uh, but Ryan, any, uh, any other arguments here with this list? No, not really. I mean, even regardless of Luck's health, I think the Colts, you know, with Jacoby Brissett, they – I wouldn't say they would feel confident with him, but they're probably not going to get anybody better uh, unless they just get some some terrible news on luck between now and and free agency or the draft. Then that's that's a pretty strong duo there. But uh, I think the the most interesting case with a lot of those teams is going to be their their backup spot. Right. A lot of them have either no backup at all or, or no backup quarterback to speak of. So several of them are going to have to address that. And if, if some of these free agents that we expect to maybe get a starting job, like, like Bradford or Bridgewater, if they land in, in with one of these teams, obviously that changes things pretty quickly. The one, the one I thought you guys might argue with me about would be the Bengals. Uh, I don't know. I think some people might say that Andy Dalton isn't necessarily safe. Uh, Dan, do you have any issues with any team on this list? Well, I, I had two to mention, and one was sure. the Bengals. I, I don't know if it, he's necessarily the highest team on the list or, or anything like that, or he's the best quarterback on the list. He's pretty safe, though. I guess there's the chance that a horrible season or halfway through a horrible season, something could change there. Uh, so he's relatively safe. The other, the other one that I think people glaze over is the Buccaneers, and I know – Winston gets so much love in the dynasty community and, and partially for good reason. I, you know, I, I liked him too coming out for sure, but he is incredibly reckless with the football. And I know his stats might suggest he's improving a little bit. I think he threw says 11 interceptions last year, but he fumbled seven times as well. And he has more boneheaded throws where 
dynasty owners and, and Buccaneers fans, I'm sure, just put their face in their hands thinking, what are you doing? And Dirk Cutter, I, I, if you had the chance to, to watch that, uh, gosh, what's that show on HBO la- last year with the Buccaneers? Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks thank you. It, it, there, there seemed to be times where he wanted to pull out his hair because of his young quarterback. So, you know, I'm, I'm not suggesting that he's going to get replaced or that they're going to draft a quarterback in the first round of the draft to replace him. But I don't know if he's all that safe. Uh, there's going to be a fifth-year option at some point here. Um, we're, we're getting to the time where the Buccaneers are going to have to make a decision. And I'm, I'm certainly not suggesting that it's written in stone that he is not the future of the position at in Tampa Bay. But I, I think there's a lot more negatives than the dynasty community likes to to say that it exists. So I'm a little bit worried about Winston and, and not sure that he is all that a lot of dynasty owners make him out to be. I think Dick Cutter was tearing his hair out because he's a terrible coach and should have been fired. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, uh, that's for another podcast. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I do think Winston is safe uh, as as the starter there for the next two, three, four years, however long you want to think about that. But I, I I get those points, and I agree with those points, Dan. We we've just seen how how hard it is to find a, a good starter. They spent, I think, what they spent their t- the top overall pick right. on on Winston, yeah. right? So uh, I don't think he's going anywhere, even though he probably will continue to be a frustrating player. Uh, but they are one of the teams I was thinking about from that backup perspective. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a free agent, certainly not one of the big name free agents. And, and he could, who knows, he could just choose to retire, but he had, he had to make starts last year with Winston uh, being injured. And that's, that's something, not a major injury, but we've seen Winston miss time previously in his career. So I, I think they have to really uh, be smart about, which quarterback they add, and and they're certainly going to add one. I think a veteran like Fitzpatrick, and maybe they just bring him back. But a veteran like him would be a, a good choice. Maybe maybe McCown comes back. Yeah, and perhaps perhaps that guy is is that guy that Ryan McDowell buys for a dollar at the end of an auction, or is can't wait to pick up the 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 minute that uh, there's news on Winston's shoulder or something like that. Right, Ryan. Probably so. And then, I'll, <laughs> and then I'll trade him to you for a second rounder. Okay. All right. <laughs> he's just such a, he's just such a good leader, man. I just, I can't see him really going anywhere. Uh, but he, we have some guys. command a ridiculous contract. He will. Because he's of his gonna, youth and, and the need at the position throughout the league. The I, I do not player. think he, like if he gets a Jimmy Garoppolo contract that it, I think that's a mistake. He will get a Jimmy Garoppolo he will, contract. Easily, yeah. He, I mean, he bigger. will, Mariota will, all of these guys will. Everybody's From a purely football perspective, that seems like a mistake to me. He, he makes far too many boneheaded mistakes. I think basically any young or a currently elite quarterback that, that gets their contract comes up is going to be the next highest paid player in the NFL. It's just the way, way contracts are going, the way the salary caps Agreed. are going. So he's going to be a $150 million quarterback. No, no bones about it. Well, it's, um, it's Garoppolo now. And in, in 21 days from now, it's going to be cousins. Right. Yeah. He's going to be 150. Winston's going to be 200. <laughs> yeah. uh, not that those, those, those top numbers mean anything. We never know what's guaranteed and what's not for, uh, until later on. But, but you know, those big numbers look impressive. But let's move on to some guys that, that presumably are going to be moving on in the near future. These are teams that 
are, are set at starter, but they're definitely going to need one soon. Of course, the Patriots are up there. We keep thinking Brady's going to play forever, but you know, at some point it's going to happen. At some point he will retire. Uh, Big Ben, who knows? I think he changes his mind on a daily basis. Eli Manning, we thought he was on his way out, but he's coming back for at least one more year. But there's certainly room there. I know they drafted Davis Webb last year, but I can't imagine he's the answer, and I don't think they're going to bring Geno Smith back. Uh, Drew Brees, we talked about a little bit earlier. You know, there's opportunity there behind him. Chase Daniels is, you know, he's a good player, but I don't know if he's really the future there. Uh, The Chargers with Phillip Rivers and of Washington, of course, with, with Alex Smith now. Uh, you know, he's not a, not necessarily uh, on his way out or anything. He just signed a new deal. But, you know, he could easily go back to the Alex Smith of old and, and kind of be just an unexciting option. So uh, maybe they might be looking to replace him with Dan Snyder wanting the, the exciting team. So those guys there, uh, Dan, any of those you you have an, a, a disagreement with? Uh, no disagreements. They, they certainly qualify under under teams that will need one in the new, near future. I think the the one that most – dynasty owners out of, out of that group will be watching is obviously the Patriots and and who Bill Belichick identifies as that next guy in line. Uh, I don't think anybody would be surprised if if they used a relatively high pick on a quarterback and, and maybe it's not one of those five guys we named earlier. Maybe it's somebody else and, and you know, how highly that player would go in dynasty rookie drafts in super flex leagues will be an interesting social experiment, I guess, just because uh, of, of what Garoppolo has done. So if, if there's one that's interesting, it's probably that. But but any quarterback landing with any of the teams you mentioned, especially the Steelers, uh, Giants who have that high pick, of course, and, and in my opinion, should use it on a quarterback of the future. Uh, and then the Saints and Chargers, especially as well, all very solid quarterbacks, but aging guys. And it'd be interesting if one or two of these big name quarterbacks from the class that we were talking about earlier, those five guys, land in these cities, uh, how high these guys would go in those super flex and two quarterback leagues. I think most of these teams are probably, except for the Giants, like you mentioned, are mostly out of range of those top guys unless they made a move to come up like, say, the, the Texans did last year. Uh, but but the Giants, I mean, I, that seems like a prime landing spot for one of these guys, and be able to get to sit by Eli for a year. So uh, I think the Ryan, better I, I think the better comparison is probably what the Chiefs did last year with yeah, Mahomes. Yeah. Yep, that's and, fair. And and I could see that hap- the the same thing happening once again, where maybe you're not moving up to two to get the elite guy or the top of the class guy, but if somebody slips to ten or twelve, one of these teams could make that move and lock up the guy of of the future. Yeah, at this point, it seems like if you're believing mock drafts or or at least the the mindset behind those, it looks which like nobody can do. Which, you, which no, can't do, no, right? They're but, fun to look at, but <laughs> but the general opinion is that Darnold and Rosen are going to go top five, and any of these other guys, uh, and and there's there's three more plus Mason Rudolph. Any of those could slip to to the teens or, or even to the twenties. Um, and, and of course there's uh, a lot of opinions that, that Jackson and, and, and obviously Rudolph would, would even fall to the second round. So um, I think it, I think it's going to be fun to see one of these top five, top six quarterbacks land behind Philip rivers or behind Ben Roethlisberger and, and Dan, just like you said, then we get to figure out how to value them in, in a super flex league. And we should value them highly still, in my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah, these are all all prime spots for, 
for a team to go out and kind of groom their next and future starter. So uh, hopefully they get those guys get get somebody like that this season. Did you have another comment, Ryan? Yeah, I was just thinking. It seems like every game you watch it with with any of these players you've mentioned, this same conversation it happens between the the announcers, the commentators, just talking <laughs> about they're getting up there, who's going to be the next quarterback, what's their plan, and every single one I feel like of the Saints games they mentioned Taysom Hill. So he, he was a rookie last year, BYU kid. He's a, he was a 27 year old rookie. And you hear these announcers say that the Saints staff loves him and and they think he's Drew Brees replacement. I I don't know about that. I'm, I have a hard time seeing that play out. He was playing on special teams, right, Ryan? Yeah. Yeah. He's playing special teams. I mean, he's had, gosh, he was, he was a fun player to, to watch in college and to cheer for, but he, he just had so many serious injuries. Plus uh, his Mormon mission, of course, pushed his, um, pushed his career back. That's why he's uh, so, why so old for a rookie, but I just can't imagine they view him as a starter. But if, if you believe the announcer and maybe, maybe they're as believable as, as February mock drafts, um, that's, (laughs) that's a player we should keep an eye on. That's that's a good name to tuck away for sure. But this next group here, we have we have we have starters in, in place, but I, I don't think they're they're safe necessarily. Uh, so we call them shaky stars, and there's a potential starting opportunity here. I don't necessarily think that these teams will draft a quarterback highly, but there's certainly an opportunity there for somebody to come in and impress the staff and, and take over a job. That's the Dolphins with Ryan Tannehill coming back from injury. We have the Ravens with Joe Flacco disappointing. There's already been talk that he's he's severely overpaid obviously but that they might be thinking about moving on from him uh the bills of course ty rogers is not going to get a chance there and uh, uh the jet the jaguars of course with blake bortles although with his performance last season getting the, the team to the the conference finals you know he probably has a little bit longer of a leash there but uh, maybe not completely safe dan any, uh, any thoughts on these four teams yeah, it's interesting, Joe Flacco, how how he's fallen from grace. I guess he just maybe maybe this because this contract ending motivated him, and he wins the Super Bowl and got the big contract. Maybe, maybe all this news will make him play better. Uh, doesn't really matter for a dynasty, and I don't know if any of the names here necessarily they they sh- certainly don't for single quarterback leagues. Uh, maybe we start talking about them when we're talking about super flex and two quarterback. It, you know, if, if any of them were to draft a quarterback, and I think there's the possibility that each could, that wouldn't be a surprise. I think it'd be a pretty big surprise if they, they went after anybody in free agency, and that's including the Jaguars. So uh, while they while those teams might add a veteran behind the guys you were you were suggesting there, I don't know if any any of these teams are gonna make a big enough shakeup that dynasty owners are gonna take notice all that much. Yeah, I don't think they necessarily will have a new starter on day one. I just think at some point during the season, the teams might make a move that direction, whether it's with a rookie or, or or what have you, Ryan. Yeah, it's just uh, such a such a boring group. I, I when I was looking at the agenda and I saw the those four teams listed together, I thought to myself, even though the Jaguars did go to the the conference championship, man, what a what a thin group of talent. <laughs> you know, it just wasn't very inspiring for sure. Ryan, any thoughts on these four? Yeah, I think we I th- think we could see a, a new day one starter in Buffalo. I still think there's a decent chance uh, they just cut Tyrod and and move on from him completely. And, and of course, if that happens, then he he joins that group that we talked about 
to begin the show of, of free agent quarterbacks who are looking for a job. Uh, I, I thought there was a chance maybe Miami could do something. I did see a beat writer uh, comment this week that 100% chance they do not move on from Tannehill. So uh, at least the the thinking now is is they'll stick with him. And uh, I just can't – yeah, like you said, I just can't really see things changing with either Flacco or – or, or Bortles, at least at the beginning of the season. But yeah, clearly all of these teams have to be thinking about adding another option at the position and to the depth chart. And our last group here, kind of the crown jewels of, of the landing spot for, for either a rookie or a, or a free agent uh, uh, quarterback here, the Jets, the Broncos, the Browns, Cardinals, and of course the Vikings uh, with, with, with no quarterbacks currently on, on, on the, on the roster. Man, these are all just not that exciting. Like, I really want to like a landing spot for the car as the Cardinals uh, for for one of these players, but their receiving crew after after Fitzgerald, who is coming back for one more season, it just doesn't look great anymore. John Brown, I believe, is a free agent, so he's not even coming back necessarily. Uh, the Broncos, they're they're pretty okay with with two aging wide receivers, but at least they do have some weapons there and, and a decent decent to support them. Uh, and then the Vikings obviously would be the, the the preferred landing spot probably for any any of these quarterbacks uh, with the team they have set up there. But maybe more interesting, Dan, uh, uh, the Jets. Uh, what do you think about that landing spot for one of these guys? Well, we talked about a little bit with, with uh, Cousins and the potential he has. I, I, you know, I going back to what Ryan said then, I I kind of agree that that could be a nice landing spot dynasty wise, because they're going to have to throw the football. And and that's probably true with any quarterback. Although if it's a rookie, I don't know if we're necessarily, you know, ready to ready to pull the trigger and make, make him a, a dynasty or a fantasy quarterback one immediately, just because he's going to have to throw it. So, it, you know, it really depends on if they're going to go the veteran route or the rookie route and, you know, while everybody's on board the express that Cousins is going to end up there, that still has to play out. I think there's still a, a relatively good chance that they go the route of a rookie. So that that makes that whole team look a little bit different. So I, while I like the the potential of maybe Cousins going there, um, you know, really in single quarterback leagues, are 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 any of us going to be anxious to trot out whoever the Jets quarterback is on on week one uh, in 2018? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and even beyond then, uh, there's so many question marks with the organization and then that coaching staff. I, I think it's fair to say that they have to, they're in a prove it season a little bit. They need to improve that team. And with a rookie quarterback, for sure, there there's going to be questions as to whether they can do that. Um, even with a veteran, if it were Cousins, there are so many holes throughout that roster that I, I don't know if anybody's gonna gonna be willing to put a lot of money on them being a playoff contender or or a, or a playoff team next year. Although they they had a nice season last year, so I don't think their record last year gives me enough confidence that they're gonna make that next step, even if they were to add a a veteran like Cousins. See, I think that kind of makes their coaching staff a little safer because that team, it's like the, the most ta- one of the most talent-poor rosters in the league, right? So right. The, I think the coaching really, really helped out that team and get to, them to where they are. So hopefully with you know a better quarterback, maybe they can capitalize on, on that now that the team has kind of a, a winning, not a winning culture, but at least not a, a bottom-of-the-basement kind of culture there. 
Good but point. think think about it like this though. If you look at these teams, Jets, Broncos, Browns, Cardinals, Vikings, and I can and I tell you you can have their starter on your fantasy team next year. And we don't know who that is, obviously. It might be a rookie, it might be Kirk Cousins. Which team would you want? Oh, that's a loaded question. I mean, I would oh want I think I would want the Vikings just because of the the weapons that are that they have to throw to. Like I Jiggs and Thielen and, and Rudolph, you know, and, and obviously Cook helping you out in the backfield. So I feel like that's the one where I would want to, but you made a good point earlier that that mean, may mean because the rest of the team is so good, maybe they have less opportunity. I I think I don't know if they would be my top choice, but I, I don't think, think can... it, I don't think it would be mine. I, I actually think it'd be the Broncos for me, and I I know it's questionable who they're going to end up with, but Elway has to fix that position, and I think there's a little bit of pressure there uh, with with such a strong team. Uh, a couple of years ago, and then the fall off, I, I think he has pressure to fix the position. So with the weapons there and the passing attack that that offense is sure to have, although there are question marks among those receivers whether they'll all be back, I think I'd pick the Broncos. But I think the the only way you can fix that position, at least in the short term for the Broncos, is if they get Cousins. Like That's the only answer, I think, for the Broncos for the short term and, and to maximize what they have around them, you know? I'm not, I, you know, I'm not a hundred percent sure of that. You know, I, we we don't know enough about AJ McCarron, and I'm not suggesting Stop it. that. Stop it! No, <laughs> we we don't. Uh, and and I don't think that it's completely that that it would never happen that Case Keenum could end up there and have a nice season and and make those those wide receivers fantasy rel- very fa- fantasy relevant. Probably the same could be said about Sam Bradford. Um, I don't know if we're going to say that against about any of the other options. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, if he became available and he ended up like in that. Denver, that would be a nice fit. That seems like it makes sense. So um, of all these options and even the rookies we talked about, if they were to be that team that moved up and got one of the top end quarterbacks or even stayed where they are and, and, and took the third or fourth option of the rookies, those are those are attractive players to me. So it's probably the Broncos, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I've I've seen a beat writer call Emmanuel Sanders as good as gone. So that's right. that's that's how I'm thinking about that. So do I want the quarterback throwing to Demarius Thomas or the quarterback throwing to Josh Gordon and Corey Coleman and David Njoku and Duke Johnson and maybe Saquon Barkley? Like to me, it's it's the Browns pretty easily. Deshaun Kaiser was terrible Bad. right terrible <laughs> okay good and and he had and he had six quarterback one fantasy games so mm, interesting I mean, point i i have zero trust that the browns will get it right i i have none well they didn't get it right with kaiser you know evidently and and he still produced you know evident. you took i yeah but are you gonna feel the same way if it's mccarran that goes there ryan i mean well i mean mccarran's not gonna have the uh, the rushing stats that Kaiser had and, and some of the fluky rushing touchdowns uh, we, we can't assume. So I, I don't think he would produce that same way, but. Yeah. I, you know, the Browns have been so incompetent over the last eight or 10 years. And I, or longer than that, even that and Browns fans don't need to hear this. Of course, make it a lot of, a lot of friends right now, Dan. I know that instantly the the player that ends up there is going to move down a couple of clicks for me right whether, whether that be McCarron or somebody else and I know I I hear your point about the weapons and everything else around them but they have dropped the ball so many times and had had so many opportunities to clean up that position and 
simply said, no, I don't want to. And, and I, I, I would not, and I realize this is a new front office and, and all the stuff and they have all the picks and I would not be shocked if they did what Matt said, suggested earlier, traded down, got a bunch of picks and then missed out on all of them or picked the fifth or sixth guy. And it turned into another mess, another fiasco. I don't think that. I mean, I think that might have happened if, if Sashi was still if, there. If Sashi was still there yeah. and he yeah. he wanted to collect picks. I but don't Dorsey think Dorsey seems like he wants to go get some players. Yeah. I mean, to me, other than the Vikings who who are stacked and the Vikings probably should be the most popular pick to that question, uh, picking your quarterback without knowing who it is. The I mean, the Browns easily have more offensive talent than the Jets, the Broncos, or the Cardinals. Yeah, maybe maybe even more combined, right? I mean, none of those. It's David Johnson and Demarius Thomas, and that's pretty much it. And Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, yeah, I can't disagree with that. I mean, the Browns have an exciting team on paper. We we were excited about them last year. We're still excited about them, especially with Josh Gordon back now. Though it's just you know trusting that team to make the right decision, I guess. Yeah. All right, fellas. Uh, well, I think that's going to wrap up this week's episode. We did. We were we were maybe going to do some tight ends and throw them in there at the end, but we're, we're running out of time. So we're gonna we're gonna save that for another time. Uh, but but thank you so much, fellas, for coming on the show tonight. Ryan, you can follow him at RyanMC23 on Twitter. Dan Myler at dmyler22. Myself at mpricer. Follow the show, please, at DLF Podcast. And hey, we need some we need some more contestants in our listener league, guys. So get in touch with us. Let us know. We've got about six spots left. And uh, we'll get that rolling. Uh, and if you did not listen to the, the re- draft redo series that we did, that, which the league will be based on, please go back and listen to those episodes as well uh, that were the last six weeks uh, prior to last week's episode. So anyway, we will talk to you again next week, guys. Have a, have, a, have a great combine at the beginning of your combine, and we'll be back talking about the rookies soon. Jeremo, sorry, Jericho Cotchery, uh, tough one to get out there. Um, the, the other tight end there, Michael. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, what's the Michael Roberts? Michael Roberts. There. What's his name? Losing my, I just lost my train of thought. Sorry, Lance Kendricks. No. Uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers just came back and made. Richard Did you forget Rogers Aaron Rodgers' name? And all. No, no, <laughs> Richard Rodgers. <laughs> all right, I guess we have our Easter egg. <laughs> Uh, Eric, uh, uh, oh my god, I cannot believe I'm having such brain farts today. <laughs> Sorry, Aaron. Uh, Eric, who plays for the Titans? Eric Decker, damn it. Juju Smith Schuster. I can't ever say, I always want to say Schuster Smith for some reason, but it's not that. Darren, Darren, Darren Fells. Jeremy, Jeremy, sorry. Jericho Cotchery. Uh, tough one to get out there. And then, uh, I'm sorry, who was the third guy we were talking about? Alshon, Jeffrey, Jeff Gordon. Or Jeff Gordon. It might as well be Jeff Gordon. <laughs> easy. Josh Gordon. Easy. Slow down. Uh, Nagy. Nagy, Nagy. I, I, have we decided how to say that guy's name yet? If it wasn't one of those two, it probably would have been Tyreek Hill. Or, sorry, Tyreek Hill. Tariq Cohen. That I, I, leave, I, like, I leave my options open. Matt, I said these... Uh... Matt, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Outtakes. <laughs> uh, yeah. What you doing over there, Dan? 
that's my ringtone. That's my text message tone, and I muted the stupid thing. And I thought you were like pouring a bunch of drinks. Now. I thought you were pouring a bunch. I need of one. I need one. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Aaron. Edit that out, Aaron. Yeah, we're like gonna she start again. Know. <laughs> I know. And thanks for the note. She's, She's like, saying. yeah, Chad. Oh, really? I know. <laughs> Man, I, I can't believe you do it. And then when I heard you were do- <laughs> put out word that you were interested in, in filling yeah. the void here, I was like, what? Aaron's going to kill him. Aaron, <laughs> he won't be able to make it to the first episode. He'll be dead. I, I got permission first. <laughs> you did. You talked to her first. I'm sure you did. That yeah. was a smart move. You know, fantasy football, uh, I guess Twitter. Um, what do I want to say? Cut this, Aaron. That sounds terrible. Is there a guy? got a good editor she'll clean it up